Welcome to Living Faith Lutheran Podcast. I'm Pastor Scott Martz. Visit us online at living-faith.church or in person every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the Midlothian Conference Center, Number 1 Community Circle Drive, Midlothian, Texas, 76065. And now be encouraged by this week's message. Part six of our service tonight, the payment. Our text for this is John chapter 19, verses 28 through 30. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. So as I mentioned before, tonight serves as well, not just Good Friday, but also we are wrapping up the the U-turn series, uh, which has been all about repentance. Now the ancient church leader, Augustine, in one of his prayers, prayed this. Lord, command what you want and give what you command. And and, and that is so true and biblical and accurate. God does command us to do things. He gives us imperatives. But God always gives what he commands. Now, what I mean by that is this. Repentance. U-turns all about repentance. Jesus' first sermon, repent and believe the good news. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. God commands repentance, but you know what? God also gives us what he commands. Now, all along with U-turn, we pointed out that repentance literally is a change of thinking about the direction you've been going in your sin. It's changing your thinking, it's, 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 it's changing your heart, and it is empowered by God making a U-turn, changing direction. Now, U-turns are off-ramps. God gives what he commands. He gives us countless, think about that, countless second chances in life. God is a God of grace. God's desire to wrap you in forgiveness, to draw you closer to your Savior. He gives what he commands. He he gives us an off-ramp. He gives us an exit, a U-turn, many of them throughout our entire lives. Now, the fact is, though, off-ramps come at a price. Just think about that, just uh, driving-wise, especially here in Dallas. Interstates are expensive especially in major cities like Dallas. I'd say probably especially in Dallas when, when, when you think of how complicated it gets. Uh, at, on average, for major cities, 
It costs about $1.25 million per mile for a four-lane highway. Make it a six-lane highway and the cost goes up to almost $5 million per mile. And one of the biggest cost factors are the off-ramps, right? Square foot and distance-wise, they are some of the most expensive things in the interstate system. And I'd say especially here in Dallas. Those off-ramps cost a lot of money. Yet, yet we use them all the time. And we take advantage of them. But they came at a cost. Likewise, God commands repent. And empowered by him, we turn and, and he forgives us. And this evening, this Good Friday, I just want to remind you that that came at a cost. It doesn't cost us anything. It's a free gift. But it costs Jesus everything, more than multiple millions of dollars. In fact, Jesus made it clear that if you could gain all the wealth in the world, think about that, how much that would be, it wouldn't be enough to purchase a soul to purchase that soul for to get them to heaven. That means that Jesus gave a greater price and he paid a greater price and payment for each one of us than all the wealth in the world combined. Now, our text takes place towards the very end of, of Jesus suffering what is called the sinner's death. About six hours on the cross, by the time he was nailed there on the cross. And, and you know the humiliation. I mean, just picture in your mind of, of what he went through. As far as what script, the scriptures record for us, Jesus spoke seven times on the cross. He spoke right away after the rod iron nails were nailed through his hands and his feet. Evil men surrounding him people spitting on him, Sadducees and Pharisees ridiculing him, criminals on each side joining in, Roman soldiers being extremely abusive towards him. And, and Jesus' first words on the cross were, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. We know that prayer was powerful and effective right away. One of the thieves on the cross is conscious stricken. He knows that he's getting what he deserves. The other criminal is getting what he deserves, but Jesus is innocent. And he says to Jesus, dying next to him, Jesus, remember me when you enter your kingdom. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, today you're going to be with me in paradise. Jesus gave that criminal an off-ramp right there as he hung on that cross. And that day he died and he joined Jesus in paradise, where he is to this very day. Again, amazing, Jesus ministering even at the cross. Now, the third time that Jesus spoke was in our reading, and he's concerned about his mother. We're going to see this on Easter Sunday. Isaiah 52 says that Jesus was disfigured, that, that his appearance didn't even look human at this point, so marred. Yet Jesus looks out there and he sees his mother. He sees the one that God used to bring him into this world. And, and, and he sees a young disciple, John, probably still a teenager, next to his mother. And, and he looks to John and he, and he says, 
son your mother, and mother your son. And they knew what he meant. It was Jesus' way of taking care of his mother Mary because he knew that he would be dying. And we know that John took this very seriously for the rest of his life. John accepted Mary and took care of her in old age as his own mother. Now, as Jesus hung there on the cross, about three hours is closer to noon, and there were some events taking place. A, a darkness came over the land, a supernatural darkness, earthquakes happening. And, and Jesus, at this point, it's more than the physical suffering. It, it has been all along, the, the, the suffering of his soul. He's, he's bearing the sins of the world. He's carrying that debt. And Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Those were the fourth words on the cross. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. And it's not that Jesus didn't know the answer. He did. He's quoting scripture. He's quoting Psalm 22. But it's telling us Jesus is fulfilling scripture. He is being forsaken. That's the second death. For second death is, is being separated from God, completely forsaken by God himself. Now, Jesus, at this point, because of the crucifixion, because of all the trauma that he's gone through, it's obvious from reading all of the Gospels on this that many people could not understand what he was saying. Some thought that he was calling for Elijah, and Jesus is quoting scripture. Now, Jesus speaks again. It's recorded in our text. And Jesus said, I am thirsty. Those who study crucifixion, there's many things that happen to a person on the cross. Their heart is breaking, literally. They're, they're breathing in air, but they can't fully exhale, so... They're becoming asphyxiated. Their blood is filling up with toxins. And as he's there as well, there is a tremendous thirst, a painful thirst. And Jesus is thirsty. And we're told that a soldier took a hyssop plant, which is like a sponge, and there was some vinegar there, and they, they, they sopped it up, some vinegar in the sponge. They put it on a stalk. And they put it up to Jesus' lips. Now, now Jesus is going to speak again. And it's going to be really our, our text for tonight. Jesus is fulfilling scripture. Back in my mind, and perhaps if God gives me the, uh, the chance to ask him this question, I'm wondering at this point, just as a, a person who studies the word of God, Jesus needs moisture in his mouth because what he's about to say is very important. He wants everybody to hear it. And that's one of the reasons why he moistened his mouth with the vinegar. Jesus then speaks the words of our text. Keep in mind again that sin had taken its toll on him. His body, his heart, his mind, his soul. Yet Jesus, in a very loud voice, shouts these words, It is finished. In the original Greek, it's one word. Tetelestai. 
Tetelestai. It's very, a very beautiful word, actually. The Greeks used it. The Greek language was the universal language, kind of like English is today. And you can look it up in a Greek dictionary. It was, there, there are five common usages of tetelestai. And I'm going to take them in reverse order. Now, one of the definitions, the fifth most common, it was used by artists. So artists that were very creative and, and, and they're, they're, they're painting a picture and they're putting a lot of time into this picture, this piece of art. And, and when they were finally finished, they would say, Tetelestai, finished. Think about Jesus. In the Old Testament, there were many pictures of Jesus, many foreshadows, if you will. Scapegoat, right? A, sca a goat that's, that the sins are transferred to it. It goes off in the wilderness to die. Jesus is the scapegoat. The Lamb of God. That whole picture of an innocent animal dying, being slain on behalf of people to, to cover sins. Jesus is the Lamb of God, as John the Baptist said, who, who takes away the, the sins of the world. Jesus said that he was that snake lifted up on a pole for everyone to look at and be healed. So Jesus at the cross completes the picture to tell us time. The fourth usage was that of the priests. Now, the, the priests had to inspect animals. And, and, and part of it was the, the animals had to be without blemish. There were certain specifications. They would measure things on the animal and make sure it wasn't deformed. It had to be, with, again, without blemish. And, and, and those that were without blemish after examination, the priests would, would speak the words to telestai, perfect. Jesus is the perfect Lamb of God. The Telestai was also used by servants, servants who would fulfill what their master wanted them to do. So a servant given a task, the servant would complete the task, would come up to their master and say, to Telestai, mission accomplished. Even though Jesus is God, the divine, in the flesh, Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. To Tetelestai, mission accomplished. Now, Tetelestai was also used in connection with ex-convicts. So you did something wrong, and, and you were arrested, and you were thrown in jail, and you had to pay for your crime by spending time in jail. It happened in the ancient world as it does today. And so a criminal, again, charged, and they do their time. And, and now they're released. The judge in the ancient world would give the ex-criminal a placard. And the criminal, the ex-criminal, was to put that placard on his door. And guess what it said? To Telestai. Paid in full. It was a, a reminder to the community, this guy has already paid for his crime. You need to accept him back. We're told that Jesus was numbered with the criminals. Telestai. Now, the most common usage, and, and this is the one that, without a doubt, when Jesus used this word, 
It, it just pulls everything together. Tetelestai is a banking word in the ancient world, used by merchants and bankers. And, and when you sold something to somebody else, and they, they couldn't pay for the whole thing right away, and, and they borrow, and, and they're paying back, and they're paying back, and they still owe you. But they finally pay the final payment, the debt is gone, and the merchant, either with a stamp or with writing it, would say, Tetelestai, paid in full. My friends, from cover to cover, the Holy Scriptures give us the teaching of redemption. That a price has to be paid to set people free of their sins. Redemption. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Jesus hanging on that cross, suffering greatly, forsaken by God, when all of the sins of the world, past, present, future, all of your sins, all of my sins, when every last sin was finally paid for, Jesus, with a very loud voice, said, Tetelestai, paid in full. And only then, and after then, that Jesus speak the final words, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. And Jesus died. My friends, he made the payment, a payment that we could never make. Now, now what is our response to this? We can never repay Jesus, and, and God would be offended if we tried to repay him for what he's done. Yet he's done it for us. We don't deserve it. My friends, our response is one of gratitude. Appreciate, value the payment that Jesus made on the cross some 2,000 years ago. And, and thank Jesus for it every day of your life. He will continue to give you all kinds of opportunities every day to make a U-turn, an exit ramp back to his grace and love. It came at a price. And thank and praise Jesus that he was willing and able to pay the final price, paid in full. Amen.